if the circus is coming and you went looking for a site to pitch the big top, that's market research. If you painted a sign for the circus and came to town announcing circus coming to town on Saturday, that's advertising. If you put your sign on the back of an elephant and marched it through town, that's promotion. If the elephant still with the sign on his back tramples through the mayor's garden and it makes the evening news, that's publicity. If you get the mayor to laugh about it, that's public relations. If you deliberately lead the elephant past schools and through residential neighborhoods, that's market segmentation. When the town's residents come to your circus and you show them the array of games and treats and entertainment stalls, explain how much fun they'll have enjoying the circus performers, answer their questions about the attractions, and ultimately they spend their hard-earned money at your circus, that's sales. And if you created, planned, and managed all of these activities, that's marketing. up you guys you are listening to the glock and doc audio encounter my name is sadie patchen and i'm sitting here with some pretty cool guys we've got dale king posing for a picture <laughs> Derek mosley matt seifert and nick sherman and these guys all make up what is known as the marketing company right welcome we are exactly what we do. What's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they're here to tell us about what they do um, and what they do or for the people of Portsmouth, Ohio, and what they can do to help you market your company and some things that you can do to market your company as well um, as a business owner. So um, go ahead and lead us in with a little bit of backstory. Tell us how you got started and, and what makes you unique to Portsmouth in this area. Matt, Mr. Lawyer, would you like to get <laughs> disposition? <laughs> Mr. Lawyer, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, so once upon a time, I just had some general general ideas about how, well, Portsmouth business businesses in Portsmouth oftentimes don't have a great digital presence. Um, if you go to look up something online about a local place, um, if there's anything there, it's usually out of date or in, the information's incomplete or any number of things. And so, me being a guy coming from a big city when I first moved here. If you weren't online, you basically didn't exist to me. And I wasn't alone. Um, I mean, there are plenty of other people who were in that category. So I thought it would be nice for the longest time, and I even tried to do something with the Chamber of Commerce at one point, just about working with local businesses to give them a basic website, a basic Facebook page, make sure the information was consistent. And so that when somebody who's not from around you... Exactly. (laughs) Just uh, get that digital presence out there. And when I... I'd never been able to act on it, but when I ran the idea by Nick one morning, uh, Nick loved the idea and was like, hey, uh, if you can sign clients, I will do the, the half the work and we will we will split it up. Yeah. And so that's that's how the ball got initially rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when I uh, when I graduated in 2016, I did what uh, any... Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Way back. Well, I did what any intelligible 22-year-old would do. I started a sole proprietorship and did not get a job. <laughs> so, uh, Legit. It, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there was a lot of, like, learning to uh, um, 
do things like uh, accounting and my taxes and mm-hmm. um, there was uh, as a sole proprietor you guys know you wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so um, in order to make that more stable and sustainable I was looking for like someone to help me with those things um, and I came across someone to do my books um, and uh, coincidentally me and Matt had linked up and started talking about uh, his idea he had for like starting a digital presence company just giving people like an overall digital presence and I knew that would definitely give me a foot in the door with more clients mm-hmm. um, and so yeah my real interest was to just put like a visual identity to Matt's idea and uh, that's awesome yeah because I have I have limited talents and so <laughs> I as a as an organizer tr- surround myself with smart creative people who do lots of things I can't do yeah like that's, design and video yeah absolutely and that's important in any business is to sit down and say here's what I'm good at and here's what I'm not good at and that's why you bring other people in with we did that with third and court we mm-hmm. were just discussing that you know that's why we have Connor because I'm not a graphic design designer at all and Dale is good at marketing and and online, our online presence, and I'm nice to people. That's why I deal with the customers, <laughs> and and Mo's good with numbers, and that's yeah. what we had, ought to decide. So that's really important right out of the gate. Like he had the vi- he had the idea, and you kind of help it helped it right. get a face. Yeah. So what, when and how did you come along, Eric? Um, when I moved back from Columbus in April, um, my mom was telling me a lot about. Uh, about Matt and Sean Bowman mm-hmm. um, and she just kept telling me how amazing they were and like uh, forward thinking and their mind was just like she said she hadn't met anyone down here that was so entrepreneurially driven um, and I had talked about wanting to start a company in regards to like what I went to school for but my intention was to do it in Columbus um, I got in a relationship and in my mind, I kept thinking, like, there's no way I'm moving back to Portsmouth because I was gone for four years. Yeah. And so, I mean, as I was raised, I'm over here like, you know, okay, I'll pray about it. And if certain doors are open, then I know this is possibly something that I should do. Um, and so I came down for a Be Innovative event at uh, Trinity Business Group. And, you know, I thought I was going to win some money. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the idea was pretty, pretty amazing, but it got me in front of in front of Matt and when we sat down and talked after the event was over like the exact ideas that I was wanting to implement here like he was the same thing was going on and it seems like a lot of times when we've sat down and met like we've had team meetings or whatever we're kind of on the same wavelength (laughs) and then I was just like wow like maybe this was something that I I should do Um, so I started the crowd agency Um, I just wanted like a different media outlet that just covered art, business and culture here in the area because being two hours up the road, I kept hearing about so much changing Mm -hmm. and you guys were the only ones that were kind of out there, you know, and kind of leading the charge. And my whole goal is like, you know, if I could provide my skill set to provide value back to the area, then I was going to do what I I possibly could, anything. Mm -hmm. I mean can't do it alone no man's an island and right. you know i just felt like from the first meeting that we had i knew it was like i'd say meant to be uh-huh. um and i mean the ball's been rolling full speed ahead ever since yeah. that's how, been, long, how long how long you guys officially the three of you been together 
Well, we met up and sort of got that ball rolling early summer. Yeah. And then Derek came on probably about three, four weeks later. He and I just started to start meeting up on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. check, check in with each other, sort of start building the foundation of like, like taking, taking it from idea and putting it down on paper and making it like an actual process, mm-hmm. an, actual, an actual plan rather than just an idea. Okay. And Derek and I sat down not long after that. We were talking about video-related things, and then like, we sort of saw how those dots all connected to each other and decided to pull it all in in one thing. And so Derek was at the next morning meeting, and it's, uh, the rest has sort of been history, I guess. Yeah. And to give Derek a little, like, boost, he actually produced a video that we used for... A podcast the, teaser video. Yeah, it was a teaser video for the Tim Wolf episode. And that, like, encompassed that whole morning. I thought it, like, told that that morning in the, in the way our podcast went and just how much fun we all had together yeah. in that one hour in 30 seconds, a little snack bite. Or that what did like, you call it, a little snack? Honestly, since I moved snack. back, that snack. was like one of the, I'd say, you know, funnest days I've had um, being back. I wish I had more cameras, kind of like how we do now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We got these set up now. Yeah, but that was that was really awesome and and like an awesome thing for us to just keep for ourselves because that was just a great day and it cap- captured it perfectly. And Derek doesn't sell himself enough. He has his finger on the pulse. Like yeah. he knows what is exciting and going on. And I mean, he gets inspired um, Cedric making ribs over in Masterwork Jewelry parking lot. Absolutely. Yeah. He's so excited about the ribs, he goes over there with his, with his camera, <laughs> spends that entire night editing. Next day, this video drops on Facebook. I'm just like, who is this guy? Uh, yeah. And where did he come from? His ribs are good as hell, though. <laughs> the ribs are amazing. Facts. <laughs> it's just facts. And, and the, video was, the video was almost as good as the ribs. Those are... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Top notch. Those ribs are so good. So so what do you got... What's what's the business model behind it? So is it... Is it obviously, it's it's mainly business to business, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you're reaching out. You're trying to find clients here, business clients here in Portsmouth to kind of bring that new edge to them that hey you know there's more than just newspaper and radio ads out there so how how do you get clients and then what do you do for your clients client acquisition at this point has been mostly sort of word of mouth or through connections Mm -hmm. and we wanted to start slow make sure we could handle the volume that was coming in make sure that we sort of figured out a rhythm and a process related to that Um, i'd say video has been a huge pull in for people like when people see that right they ask who does that and when they find out who does that they say well like how can you do that for me mm-hmm. which has been a great way to pull people in mm-hmm. um w- one thing we'd love to do more of for people is that sort of digital presence that we talked about uh, i mean i'd love it if somebody were visiting portsmouth from out of town pulled up yelp or google or whatever mm-hmm. and they saw beautiful photos and comprehensive information on every single business that you could think of right um students from shawnee would never be like What's that restaurant? I've never heard of it before. They'd be like, oh, that place. They've got that sweet video. And yeah. I know their menu like by heart because I'm ordering from them all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Just to bring them up to that level. So it's, it's been an incremental process so far. Cool. So I think a lot, of the, you know, a lot of the businesses here in town are, have been businesses that have been here for Long 10, time. 20, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, it's a hard thing to learn, you know, 1985 versus what it is right now um and i think a lot of people just get intimidated and they don't want to have anything to do with it um and so it's kind of cool that you guys are out there that can that can bring them in to you know 2017 2018 where we're at today yeah it's super awesome and just 
from like this pamphlet that you brought today and and what you and what you're doing online it's edgy and it's modern and it's exciting for Portsmouth mm-hmm. and like businesses should be excited about that and even if they don't go through you guys they should be built like working striving for that same edginess that you guys are providing yeah. in your marketing I mean it's mainly about pushing the culture forward um, yeah. I know when you visit I mean it could even be towns that were at one point in time as small as this one but like when you go to like Asheville North Carolina like you see it like has an identity you see the art in the alleys and painted over the buildings so everything's art is plain and um, you know we have business owners here that I personally feel like um, you know they've been here they've been established for some time and like nobody's like pushing the envelope mm-hmm. right now and so you have like a, a younger group of entrepreneurs and a, a lot of people I've been blessed to have the opportunity to meet I mean I'm like known you since I was in high school but I've got a chance to get to know you mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying better um, I mean from Tim Wolf to Tim Glockner um, and, and seeing people who want to create an identity for this area and really embracing I mean the kids who graduate from the college and you know want to make this place a home yeah. and so see that they can put their ideas and, and tell their story and make it put a imprint on this city I mean yeah. content is king I feel like everybody has a story and each business is very unique and has its own fingerprint we just kind of want to put that out there to the to the community I mean mm-hmm. not even just here I mean to tell the story for this place regionally yeah because I mean I feel like we can create this place within the next 5 10 15 years into a destination that people want to come here I mean there's a lot going on yeah, yeah. But, I mean yeah. for example like look at over the Rhine in Cincinnati and like the change that it's made yeah like every town is capable of that you know it's not it doesn't have to be like a Cinderella story yeah. it just just get out there and make it happen yeah he, um we just went down what two weeks ago two weekends two or three yeah and and hung out because I went to Thomas Moore College which you know is across the bridge in Crestview Hills Kentucky I mean it's a 15 minute drive from downtown Cincinnati and that area when I was there in 03 and 04, we were told don't go down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, right. and then I, I know one of my boys I played football with at Portsmouth, he went to UC, and he was told that they were encouraged, you know, even as football players, to, like, get their concealed carry. Mm-hmm. But, like, then we go there two weeks ago, and I'm blown away because I'm like, this is not the same place that yeah. I, like, went to school, like, nearby. And, like, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And yeah. Hopefully, with what you guys are doing and what like other entrepreneurs are doing in this town, like a lot of times, and we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, like people, this is one of those hometowns that people are like, I just can't wait to move away. I can't wait to get out of here. And, you know, most hometowns are like that, like to the people that are from there. But hopefully, when they come back, they, they have that same vibe like, what happened to Portsmouth? This is cool. Like, I love this. Look at Second Street. Look at. Third Street, look at Fourth Street, look how cool it is down here. And right. and Bony Fiddle is the new over the Rhine, you know. So they're gonna want to move back. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring bring the people back. And so it, what does it take to get us there? I, w- I want to touch on um, like design and the presence that is it has for a minute because um, mm-hmm. like it, it's kind of funny. My mindset has really changed towards art and design, like since even before uh, college or during college. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, I'm, I'm very interested in fine art too, like drawing or just art, art for art's sake, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and design felt very like corporate and restraining, and kind of like, uh, I don't know, um, 
just re- yeah, yeah yeah it it did not it felt stuffy like it mm-hmm. didn't feel like I could I express myself as much of a cliche as that is through that um, and so one thing that that really like changed that was one necessity <laughs> like right like suddenly if I want to eat then I got to do a logo for somebody right. yeah but uh on top of that like I started looking at some other influences and something that launched us into a design career here was PSKC like doing the building man um, so we gotta thank you for that Dale definitely um, uh, I didn't, no I mean I, I had that's what I tell people all the time like when I work with you and I work with like your brother I don't have the skills talents and ability I can see it in my mind and then if I can like put it on a bar napkin and then find the right person who gets and understands it Right. Which, it, you know, that was your brother in you at the time. And then, like, verbatim, like, pull it from my brain and put it on a sketch. On a building. On a building Freehand. and a sketch. Like, that is... <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. That is something, uh, it's rare. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, like, to be able to understand that, get where I'm coming from. Yeah. And, because, like, a lot of people, they'll want to put their own version. Right, um, right, yeah, and that's the whole thing, man. Like, um, design, design really is a service. Like, you should position yourself as a designer, as like a counselor for the client, like trying to get their vision onto whatever mm-hmm. a piece of material that they want. And and just like the thing that started exciting me was I saw how people were affected, like by a huge black building right. in the middle of the oh. third court, you know? Yeah. And so then, you know, Billy Deaver asked me for a logo and I just started going like gig to gig like that. And it would start to give people like uh, a little platform, like something that just makes them a little bit more uh, professional yeah. looking or their materials are communicated better. And suddenly the message that they have like is well organized and like spear pointed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's what I really like about design is that it, it gives people platforms past uh, what kind of connections they have or um, yeah, yeah and that's cool yeah there's I, actually way more like creative input in that than I previously imagined um, but it had to like I had to be put there in order to do it or have to do it and, yeah. and maybe I'm just speaking for us I don't know about other companies I'm sure it's the same but once this building got painted black. There was a whole new life that came from that action. And, like, same, like, with... It was ownership. Like, it was ours now. Yeah. I owned owned the building on paper and the whole deal, and we were running a business out of here. But now it was like... Here we are. Like, like, hello. You know? Yeah, yeah. And same thing, like, when you redo a logo, like, like for Billy. And I don't want to speak for Billy, but it's like, that gets you more excited about your own business. Because you're proud of that logo. That's my name. Totally. You yeah. know? So, let's put it on everything. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets you excited. And, True story. Uh, yeah. And I think that, I think that's an awesome thing, dude. Right. And, and just like that, I mean, there has to be a great, like, story, like, product behind that. Sure. Obviously. Or else it's just, like, cake icing. But, uh... Well, I think a lot of times, like, a shitty logo and design and shitty design will preclude somebody from doing business with you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of time, like, you're if you have a – it's it, it's all that first impression. Mm-hmm. So from a digital standpoint, when people start looking you up on, you know, your Facebook page, your, your website, your Instagram, your whatever, um, if that design – and that look and that feel is not communicated throughout. Mm-hmm. Like people won't, people are going to check you out, and then they're 
off to the next website. Right. So I think, so like I said, you brought some material here and it obviously has your logo on it, but the first thing I see is that it's orange and bright and it just says hello right on the front of it. Mm -hmm. And to me, like as a consumer, as a business owner, I'm like, these guys are bold. They're in my face. I want to see what they're about. So why don't you tell us, because you had mentioned prior to the podcast, wanting to talk a little bit more about your guys' logo and... Um, like the meaning behind the orange and everything like that. Totally, yeah. So when uh, when we started a logo process, me and Derek and, and Matt were in Cincinnati, and we just kind of like took a work day to do some di different things. Mm -hmm. um, and we were at a waffle place, and me and Derek just started like uh, conceptualizing like what we wanted our message to be. Mm -hmm. And since we're a marketing company, we all three thought it was pretty like humorous to just. To, to be the marketing company and actually like pretend to sort of be a template for everyone else's marketing. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, it, I, when I thought about it and it, I started laughing was like, if you talk to somebody who graduated from the Ohio State University, mm -hmm. like they will correct you and say yeah, the. Yeah. Um, and then I thought about the broadcast from the game this weekend, and like uh, the guy at the end, he was like thirty nine thirty eight the. Yeah. And I'm like. We're the like it's yeah. that's it yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I was like okay that no that's genius. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so still there there um the the main concept is there's the three bars on the left side of it and that's like your analytics like it's okay. like a chart sure uh, and then you have the box or kind of like an envelope or package um, and those two things combined together are like the message that you deliver. But you gotta have both those things. Like you gotta know your audience and have the the uh, analysis of who your audience is, and you have to have the deliverable. You put those two things together, and that is kind of the paraphrased definition of marketing. Mm -hmm. wow. um, yeah, but it, it took lots of iterations of that, and we were just like, uh, we used Bold Helvetica, <laughs> yeah. um, and just yeah. Because you guys made an Instagram post of like the different ones and right. like, the different yeah, concepts. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it's really cool. And, of course, like, I'm like, okay, there's three bars because there's three people. I'm, like, trying to, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's I'm, like, thing, marketing hard. company is going out, out of the box because they <laughs> think out of the, outside of the box. I'm, like, trying to, like, decode it myself. All this stuff yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with something super nope. simple. You can yep, use it. it's just super simple. Yeah. That's great. Well, and, Nick, and Nick's great at, like, taking all this meaning, sort of developing it into there, but also creating something that's simple, that's clean, that's attractive. Absolutely. But I love the fact, and, and this struck me before Nick and I even knew each other very well, I love how open he is with his process mm -hmm. um, and, and how encouraging he is of, of others being creative. Because I think there are a lot of people, myself included, a lot of the time, who think that they're not creative. Like, I just think I liberally steal from other people Absolutely. and then repurpose it for my own things. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually what we do the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Just do it fancy. Yeah. Yeah, do it better. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how he lays it out, like, box by box. It's like, these are all my inspirations. And then mm -hmm. these were, like, these were the first drafts. And, and those were, you know, those were okay. But then I went on to the second drafts. So, yeah. And even even his scribbles, like, we're looking at his notebook right now. It's so cool. It's, it's so attractive. <laughs> like, like, one of my favorite things of all time, and if you've ever been to like a PSKC event specifically I'm thinking of the gauntlet you've got Nick up in the stands just freaking yeah in between events in between events that he's competing in nonetheless yeah, yeah. and he's like in his in his sketchbook just sketching away of what the gauntlet looks like and that was like the coolest thing right. it was just wow. cool and it was like man that was it a moment in time and he like got it right then mm -hmm. 
And so that's... Same thing when you catch them at the levee carrying a rock. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I swear. Like, it got to the point where I wish Dale hadn't ran into you. Like, okay, Dale, you told the story, like, ten times. He's like, he's my man. He's my man. Dude, I was just excited to be on the... Uh, what the Wednesday workout? Thing. <laughs> yeah, that was just <laughs> weekly. That yeah. was really, really cool. Well, I need to hear this. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess our listeners need to hear. So it. go back to episode. I forget what episode it is, but I think I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, it was the, like, uh, was it the pond episode or what? I forget. Oh uh, yeah, don't yeah with Mike and we it was no, oh yeah, was don't, in the wrong yeah yeah. Anyways, so I round go, two. I for do. The uh, that have already heard it. <laughs> I have this whole thing. Like I go to the levee sometimes. Um, and then, like, I'm on the way, I go there, I work out, do some levy sprints, do whatever. Early in the morning, you know, kind of get my whole zen thing together. And then no one is ever there, like, at all. And I pull up in my truck, and I see, like, what looks like a Yeti. <laughs> That's what Carrying a rock up the hill. And I'm like, this is like super sketchy like they're like why is this very tall man carrying a rock up the hill at like 6 30 in the morning like is he like moving rocks because he's burying somebody or like what the deal is? and i like, get closer and i'm like that's nick he and he's just like working out trying to find a big ass rock and he's just carrying rocks up and down and he's squatting with the rocks and i'm like I'm crushing pretty hard right now. Bro. <laughs> I was like seriously questioning, and like as the day went on, hard. you went from being like this massive thing to a yeti. Like it, the story just like grew and got better as the day went on. I'm like, okay. Yeah, then, oh yeah. So then he's like carrying rocks, and then he's like on the uh, little table there. He's got his phone. And he's got his sketch pad. Like just you know squatting some rocks and sketching out some river. Uh, River scenery. Nah, dude, yeah, you got, I don't know that taking that time in the morning, but, um, like the culture that's perpetuated here is, uh, you, you introduce us to a cult, um, who influences like Jocko or even like Corey G. And, right, yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm, I don't know, I'm listening to those guys and then hitting the 530 workouts here. I think that's really cool. I wouldn't have been introduced to that, like, sort of work ethic unless we were just around this place. Yeah. So that's, yeah. No, it's okay. all, and it's cool because like it doesn't matter your avenue of expression. Everybody can get up and work out, right? Mm-hmm. Or everybody no, can get that's up. Everybody, it's not like working out. It's like everybody can get up, and get a jump start on the day. Mm-hmm. Totally, to yeah. Make their day better because they want to create, do, make things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's really strange, like how exercise has affected my creative process legitimately. Like if you listen to people like, um, who's the dude? That is, he's a real funky CrossFit athlete. He lifted like he, he in the deadlift ladder, not yeah. last year. Oh, like, Sam Dancer. Sam Dancer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's talking about when he's working out. He's talking about like fulfilling his creative void. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm like listening to this guy, and uh, I I really started to take that stuff in mind. And like whenever I am like in a slump creatively or I'm running against a wall, normally exercise will like it, it's you've talked about it before it's like an active meditation yeah. almost like you're just breathing you're just moving you're trying to like forget anything but, right but your exercise um and ideas will flood in that yeah. won't necessarily so i'll keep a sketchbook while i'm doing something in case i need to write something down while i'm exercising like it'll just right for whatever reason it uh it's uh, stimulating in a much different way creatively yeah. um that's awesome man. Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's really 
I mean, it's not, it's not me. It's just whatever that process is mm-hmm. happens. Uh, Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's carrying a rock up the hill. Sure, yeah. I think I think this time on this version of the story, I'm going to put some like love music behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like and slow, like, like piano. Yeah, like violin. Maybe Marvin Gaye. Oh, hey. Drop it in there. Dig like, it, real, real heavy. All Dig right. It. So the reason why we wanted to ask you guys to come on the show, um, aside from the fact that you're just starting up and just you know, getting your business rolling is that we want to help you guys reach other businesses. And so tell us about like what you, cause we have our pamphlet here and I think that we can post this on our page. Yeah. And so on the inside, it gives us about, or t- t- talks, talks about the packages and, and what you guys do for companies. So why don't you like basically like, in a nutshell, what do you guys do? What do you want to provide to new companies? Nah, this is all you do. Or existing companies. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be a new company, right? Well, at the end of the day, I think one of our biggest things is we know, we, we have an idea of how hard it is for small business owners to do everything. Mm-hmm. And they spend so much time oftentimes working in the business, doing the day-to-day, mm-hmm. that they don't have time to step back and work on the business. And every every business needs to in addition to doing those two things like developing strategy for the business um, I mean selling shirts or widgets or whatever they're doing mm-hmm. that day I mean they have to make sure people know that they're, they're doing it they're so doing they can it. get people in the door and there's so many things on the average business person's or entrepreneur's plate um, I mean if we had to do if we were doing one thing it's taking something off their plate and helping them do it better and ideally like a lot of people don't know what their time's worth. Like, mm-hmm. my, my time has an exact dollar value on it because as an attorney, we bill out at a, at a particular amount of time. Right. But, but in theory, like, you know, what you value your time at as well is different. And if I can do something for you at a cheaper value than what you value your time, mm-hmm. then it makes every sense in the world, even if it's just like a dollar difference mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, to pay me to do it instead of you doing it, and then you can make money with that hour of your time doing something else. Right. And that's so. Ideally, that's that's our big picture. We are taking marketing off of somebody's plate and doing it for them. Um, and it's crazy, like the way. I mean, I graduated college way back in 2013. Damn. These kids, man. <laughs> the internet, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were just getting into Twitter, like in 2009. Okay. No, but just how much when I was in college. There was not a separate course on social media and marketing. Not at all. Now, my sister just graduated, and she took a whole class in Facebook. Facebook marketing. That's rad. One whole class. And now business owners, like Dale was saying, who's been in business since the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Dale, but business owners who have been in business since the 80s. They they never got those classes. They, They have to teach themselves. You know, and and that's really hard and really intimidating. But just the change in the last, the change in marketing and how people get their the word out there in the last seven to ten years, even I would say seven to has is is dramatically different than it was back in the day. It and is. it's it's I I feel like it's going faster now. Like it's it, and maybe I'm wrong, but it went from billboards and TV commercials to now nobody watches TV, everybody's on the internet. So how can you reach the internet people? And and so I don't think, I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of time that it takes to effectively market their business. And that's why you guys are like 
super, super a convenient resource to have um, in that respect. Absolutely. And, and we, we focus on digital, although we recognize that digital is only part of the package, especially, I mean, in this area, but just everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. we know we can all name people who aren't on Facebook or who barely check Facebook mm-hmm. and social media in general. So to reach those people, if those people are part of your target audience, to reach those people, you have to use more than just boosted Facebook posts. You can't, you can't be doing that. Right. And you're right. It's iterating so quickly. It's insane. I just saw an uh, article today on Marketing Land, and they were talking about how Facebook is about to roll out a new feature where you can basically, for one ad campaign, you can load in a bunch of different visual content, a bunch of different copy, and Facebook will automatically iterate different versions of that for you across different places based on the target markets that you're trying to reach wow. and learn from that to help you market more effectively to different audiences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. That's super interesting. Because I feel like that's what we try to do is like, yeah, use different visual aids, like and with you know what I mean to with different verbiage on the visual aids and see how that picture with the same words affects you know memberships or yeah, you know it, get I mean, someone in the door. It's true. Uh, one of my friends that honestly got me started um, in the Facebook marketing, uh, he his niche is chiropractors. Um, and he was talking about, I mean, he uses different photos um, from the chiropractor, you know, um, I guess doing, I guess you would say, I don't know if you call it an observation or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a, on a client, but like a male or female is going to have a different, like in that picture is going to have a different effect on someone else. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it's probably the same way. I mean, if you're like CrossFit gym or if you're like the big place like Planet Fitness, mm-hmm. like some people are like males might have a different response of seeing a guy who's like, you know, maybe not like huge, right, jack, right. like a bodybuilder, but somebody that's built like them, or yeah. women are going to see have an effect of seeing someone who like is built like them, or like looks younger or older. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of testing, um, but that's the beauty of like phase. You can stop it and change it mid like yeah. campaign. <laughs> right. and, and for all the computer is going to do for you, for all the testing it's going to do, you still have to come up with what you're selling. You yeah. have to come up with the offer. You have to come up with the the verbiage. You have to come up with what you're putting out there and you have to have a consistent and clear message with something that's going to grab people because if you meander on for five paragraphs well those facebook posts get skipped most oftentimes unless right. we really care about the person right yeah right so it's 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 about being concise mm, no nah, i'll skip my mom's posts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's very true yeah. <laughs> so let's tell um the listeners if if they're just starting up their business what would you give them as a as a new small business in town as advice for them as far as marketing goes you hit it first man. i like it you teed that up for us perfectly excellent <laughs> as he opens his laptop <laughs> yeah. I well, got this. well we, we discussed it together and so we, we wrote some like common notes down yeah, just to make absolutely. sure we were bringing it in um so the first thing is to know what marketing is uh, there's a great analogy about the circus in town and i left I left my uh, notes over there. I'm going to grab them because we, yeah, we, we can edit things. Yeah. It's inside the computer. <laughs> oh, we're all right. Yep. So there's an analogy that I ran into that made just a lot of sense about explaining what marketing is, and I wanted to, to share it, even though it's, it's a little sort of elementary, but it's fun. So if the circus is coming and you went looking for a site to pitch the big top, that's market research. If you painted a sign for the circus and came to town announcing circus coming to town on Saturday, that's advertising. If you put your sign on the back of an elephant and marched it through town, that's promotion. 
If the elephant, still with the sign on his back, tramples through the mayor's garden and it makes the evening news, that's publicity. If you get the mayor to laugh about it, that's public relations. If you deliberately lead the elephant past schools and through residential neighborhoods, that's market segmentation. When the town's residents come to your circus and you show them the array of games and treats and entertainment stalls, explain how much fun they'll have enjoying the circus performers, answer their questions about the attractions, and ultimately they spend their hard-earned money at your circus, that's sales. And if you created, planned, and managed all of these activities, that's marketing. It's that, it's, it just, it, that brought it home. I was like, oh, when, when, we, when you talk about marketing to people, they're like, yeah, I do advertising. Like, we've got table tents and we put some stuff in the local paper. And it's, it's so much more right. than that. Yeah. Mar- marketing is the day-end overarching grind of, brand, of getting your brand out there. Mm. And a lot of people confuse that with sales and advertising, like, you got to be willing to understand you have to pay money if you're not going to do it yourself or whatever. Um, people like sales guys want something instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times? How many times in your in a year do you see Nike? Oh yeah. How many times? How <laughs> yeah. many times do you see a swoosh on a jersey during college football? How many times do you see a pair of LeBrons at a at a high school game? How many times do you see if it, the Olympics is going on and the swoosh is on a swim cap? Mm-hmm. And finally, when you're at the decision that you want to buy a pair of shorts or shoes or whatever, what do you ultimately buy? All like that's you. boiling in the back of yeah. your brain. And you're like, and you've associated that with all of those things. And you things. can't pick one thing over the other that led you to that decision to finally purchase. Right. Uh, you know, other than maybe it was a Black Friday, fifty percent off sale. Yeah. Um, but it's the daily, you know, publication of content and of getting your name out there, getting your company name out there. That is, that's that's marketing. That's where a lot of people, especially here, that don't get it, don't understand. Because you know, it is like you want to be able to do something and then turn around and hear cash register. Mm-hmm. open up but it, you have to be patient in the application of of that i think the coolest part of uh of marketing personally is like the living through the brand like creating experiences around a brand like um red bull is a perfect example of this mm-hmm. like getting cliff divers to like you know just chug a red bull after they're done or um, yeah, or, or getting a guy to jump out of space. Yeah, right, that's right. Oh, the space jump! I thought the man was gone. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was so scared that day. They broke for like the thirty seconds, and they just showed his mom. Yeah. Anyway, that was just like <laughs> I remember. I was like, I was in college at the time, and we were up at the bar that my my husband worked at at the time, and we're all sitting there like, and his body was just flopping. Oh my gosh, I could just go on. I was so scared, but. Perfect thing for Red Bull. Right, sure right. Was. Him, because you know? it like presents it as a lifestyle. Like yep. Nike, Nike just did this, um, or, or a little while ago with, with National Geographic, a uh, trying to break the two-hour uh, marathon. marathon. Yeah, yeah. and uh, every like, they rejected out and all Nike, but they just told the story. They didn't mention Nike once. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, and the same with uh, doing an eight-hour Murph. Mm-hmm. You know, just something that uh, that makes people associate this brand with some intense experience or some really desire like I want to be like that and mm-hmm. that's what these people wear and do and mm-hmm. um, and then they wear it because it makes them feel like they're a part of it right you know, we always yes. talk about that with Doc Spartan it's like if if nothing else 
they're buying Doc Spartan to feel like they're part of the crazy shenanigans that we've got going on here every yeah, day, you yeah. know. And and I think that that's really that's really cool. I I wear Nikes because they make me lift heavier. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's like when I had my little uh, generic pump up sneakers back in the <laughs> yeah. they, they, they made me high. jump higher. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had I had the Payless version. But, uh, <laughs> we were we were we were a little we were a little pogo on Yeah. <laughs> So, but, um, but what you're saying dovetails with two of the other things we were going to mention, focusing on building a conversation, a relationship, rather than just constantly selling people. And I heard you talking about that with your previous guest. Mm-hmm. And then establishing a consistent identity. And Nick Nick is a huge fan of that because of the, that, of course, plays in so much to what he does. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of funny, too. I mean, I know you and your brother are twins and on the same wavelength, but the, he always talks about that with Third and Court. Like, we got to remain consistent in what the story that we're trying to tell to the people of Portsmouth, you right, know, and, and make sure that our content is a direct replica of, of what that is, you know, and, and it's that's really funny that you say that because... Yeah, he's the same exact way with third and court. I'm convinced Connor goes to Hickey's every Saturday just to like mine that extra like <laughs> yeah. you know ripped out of the culture, dude. Yeah, he's he does, man. He lives it hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that, dude. But the funny thing is, I mean, and you're right. It's it's not Red Bull saying drink Red Bull that sells you a Red Bull. It's that perception of Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in, it's a premium product. It costs more than a monster that is twice as big. Yeah. But you have a perception of like quality. You have a perception of like extreme and performance, mm-hmm. and that funnels you in. This gym is all about. You, you build it to be about fitness. You build it to be about community. Um, you put things on. You put the community on the map in many ways, which people love. So there's an affection there that people have for this gym and for this group of people that, I mean, definitely plays into what you guys do from a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge, a huge impact. And, and the cool thing is, is that the connection behind the brand is like authentic. Like those experiences are not just like posed. Right. Uh, there's, there's something real lying behind that product. And so people want to invest themselves. Like it's not mm-hmm. a, a trick or anything. It's just like the lifestyle. People are not buying those Ranger panties for nothing. For <laughs> real. I think it's just to show that their legs look better in them than Dale's. <laughs> Bar is set very low. <laughs> very, very low. But people know when you're being inauthentic, too. That, uh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We, we all know about ads that fall on deaf ears or strike the wrong chord, like that the Kylie Jenner Pepsi ad or whatever it was. Um, yeah. That was a mess. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it, and it got them a lot of play in the media, but it was just a horrible mess. Like, right. Yeah. I think, I think at least one person thought twice about drinking a Pepsi yeah. right after that. They were just like, mm, I, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe Coke. a Coke. Yeah. I'll, or I'll brown bag my bottle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just felt like, I mean, Pepsi solved all problems. You get in an argument with your significant other. It's like, babe, look, do you want Pepsi? Like, yeah. You felt, they, that's kind of the, the idea that people came across with on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. It's like Pepsi would end all arguments. I wish it were that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Social tensions, racial violence. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have Pepsi, there you go. Sugar water wins. Yeah. Diabetes wins all the time. (laughs) So, back to the five tips, the the tidbits. So we talked about knowing what marketing is, uh, focusing on the conversation, not conversion. Mm -hmm. Those are Derek's words. He's Mm -hmm. good with those. Um, Establishing a consistent identity. And then uh, a big thing that we talk about and that we offer to people is having a plan. That's number one for us is strategy. Going in knowing what you want to do. Because if you're just going to start throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks, you're kind of wasting your time. And so part of having a plan is knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys 
you guys mine the nostalgia market so heavily, and it's and it's beautiful. And you're probably the only people they would ever let um, actually advertise on on that group on <laughs> yeah. Facebook. You, like you know, you're from Portsmouth. When yeah. why? Because it's more nostalgia than it is sales for them, right. and they love it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they eat that up. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you ship shirts all over the country. Because of that group, yeah. Because 10, oh yeah, right. Because ten thousand people are like, "Ooh, I remember Spuds." Right. Yeah. I remember. I remember. And it's those remember. Yeah. What is it? Words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it definitely made me ask where the hell Popcorn Beach was. Yeah. 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 Never knew about that. <laughs> oh my! My dad knew immediately. Yeah, that's the like, thing. It's like Tim he... Sherman was ready to <laughs> get that. Like he right. was rushing in the door, dude. Yeah. So my mother-in-law is from Canton, and she's got really good friends up there that used to live down here, and they were optometrists down here. And he was like, "I am a river rat," and he got a shirt like. He was an original river rat, and it was so cool because, like, you know, we always joke because we're on the river, and yeah. Yeah. but it reaches people, mm-hmm. and I think that's really, really, that's why we do it, you know. A couple episodes, you mentioned that a couple people had come up to you at various points and said, oh, I had that t-shirt idea, but I didn't do anything about it. So that was my first time on the podcast because you, <laughs> you were talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, but it's, it's beautiful, and what you guys have done in executing on it has been fantastic. Um, so you know your audience. And another big thing that, like a basic thing that everybody should do, track your marketing. Um, that's part of your plan. Like, make sure you know what your efforts are reaping for you. So, right. if you're a restaurant and you're not asking every customer, "Hey, is this your first time here?" or "How did you hear about us?", uh, you're missing out on an opportunity not only to engage with them because that starts a natural conversation, but also just to do some very basic things in tracking where they came from. Um, because you can track online metrics all day long, but you can't physically connect that to a person walking through your door until you ask a question. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge part of it. And if I want just one thing that I would give to a business owner, like if you're going to market at all, ask ask how they came to find out about you because mm-hmm. that'll that by itself you can figure out. Oh well, I put an ad in the paper, but literally nobody saw that ad, mm-hmm. so maybe I don't need to do that. But right. but I advertised on the radio during Friday night football games, and that blew me up. Like the next day, I had people out the door. So double down. Mm-hmm. Got to double down on what works, right? Yeah. So this pamphlet here, this is everything you offer, or do people pick and choose what they want? Like, is this one package? Because I see you have, I guess you have your packages over here, but on this side, this is what you specialize in, and this is what you're going to give me? Essentially. Okay. Um, I mean, we have sort of seven big areas that we, we talk about, mm-hmm. but it's all a la carte. So if you just want a video, that's great. Okay. Um, if you just want a little bit of help with your social media management from month to month, week to week, whatever, that's something we can do. Uh, we're always going to try to approach it with a holistic standpoint, mm-hmm. not just for the purpose of cross-selling, but to make sure what you do is more effective. Okay. So, I mean, sure, a video is great, but so what do you want to use that video for? Who are you trying to target? And we can back that into some other things. Again, not just for cross-selling, but to make sure that we're delivering what the client wants, not what they think they want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. And our, our fifth point as far as marketing would go, did I beat you to the punch or were you going to go? <laughs> I was trying to count them up in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one is, and, and I know we try to communicate this, um, don't expect marketing to work miracles. Okay. Uh, if your business is not doing well, marketing could be that component. But it could also be, and I know you hate to tell this to somebody, but so you try to your word it nicely. Your business sucks. Your, maybe your business sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe your product is like once upon a time it was awesome, and now maybe it's not. Or maybe maybe services decline, or maybe your facilities aren't as clean as they could be, or you're just not keeping up with the Joneses. It's it's um it's difficult, but 
it's That's a all we can point. like marketing can help make people aware of you and if we're doing something right it can help deliver people to you but what happens after that is completely up to you mm-hmm. I think like unless I'm wrong I think a pretty extreme example of this is would just like no marketing but uh the, the, the message and like the purpose of the place is just awesome is Hickey's have- like there like you go in there and um I don't know you, you just know you're back in like old time right. yeah. and you're supporting all the local football teams mm-hmm. and the food's like delicious <laughs> yeah. you know it, I don't know there, there's something about that place that Pe- just the experience outweighs I've yeah. never Everything. eaten a Hickey's before Real? you're from here? when I told my girlfriend that when we first started dating last year she was like blown away and I'm like I'm not even from here and I've eaten at Hickey's like I was saying, more man. than I should probably ever eat at Hickey's <laughs> I've eaten at Hickey's yo um, I feel like we should stop this now let's go get a burger <laughs> and then we'll finish this later and some gravy fries <laughs> it just never crosses my mind nobody's taking the time to take me there so I'll never yeah your girlfriend did you a disservice by not immediately like stopping the conversation, throwing you in the car. I remember the first time my husband told me he didn't have a Big Mac, and we stopped. I didn't care what team was on the, the TV. I was like, we're going to McDonald's. <laughs> this is how I feel about you right now. Like I'm ready to stop this. <laughs> but Hickey's is a great example. They, they provide you an experience. Like... The decor, the food, the, the way the owner treats you when you get in there. Oh, yeah. Um, like it's, it's Or, like, if you've never been there before. Have, right. you, ever, have you been there when if you're someone... you virgin? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. That's what's going to happen if I go tomorrow. That's a thing. <laughs> just and beware. That, that lady, Shug, she just, like, announces it. I've her. heard people talking yep. about this you'll lady. Get, you'll get some extra attention. You know. But it's right. fun. I mean, it's just all part of it. And, okay. But, like, more people need to know about it. Like, right. we, you know. Totally. So. And to wind this back to what you asked earlier... Um, what makes Portsmouth a destination? More places like that. Mm. More like you can be anywhere USA. If we had, if we had a Chipotle and a Moe's and a, you know, a, mm-hmm. like if we had all these brand name stores, we would be everywhere USA, and people would drive by and they wouldn't think twice about us. Right. But I want people coming down the. I want people coming it's down incumbent. the Veterans Memorial Highway to pull up Portsmouth as a possible place to stop. And say, oh my gosh, look at all this cool stuff to do. We're stopping. And then right. spend, spend you know, an afternoon here. Stay overnight because they like it so much they want to be here the next day for yeah. brunch. You know? right. And I think that's a good point to bring up. Because we did do an episode with about the new highway coming in and people being worried. It's the boogeyman. <laughs> the boogeyman. The highway is the boogeyman. And if you are truly worried about that harming your business, you guys are providing the perfect service to do exactly what you said. Put Portsmouth back on the map, offer up some marketing, boost these small places like Hickey's, and make people stop here. Like, you have to do a good job of making people want to stop in Portsmouth, mm-hmm. you know, and as a business owner. And you got, and in doing so, they should contact you, basically. We yeah. Would, I mean, we'd, we'd love <laughs> to help them out, absolutely. Because yeah. that's, I mean, it's a huge thing. And it's a... It's a pain. When I first learned how to do some of these things, like claiming your Google profile and your mm-hmm. Yelp profile and your TripAdvisor profile and your Bing profile, because there are five people out there who use Bing and you want their, <laughs> and you want their business, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just going through all that, that's, it, it's, it's a time investment. And I'm getting better at it because I've done it a bunch of times. But mm-hmm. the average business person is muddling through just learning how to do it, not to mention actually getting it done. Mm-hmm. And if we can take, again, anything off their plates, 
make that easier for them on that end so they can spend more time working on their business or in their business or spending time with their kids because you know some people have twins that they mm-hmm. have to go home to and, yeah. and husbands and yeah. you know, I mean, that's true and, and girlfriends and, and fiancés and I'm all alone so I don't have any but it's fine <laughs> So let's take this opportunity right now. To no. Sit. No. Yeah. no. How can you support the podcast? <laughs> His number is on our pants. Right. I'm, I'm formally requesting this part be ended. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, awesome, guys. What you're doing and the service that you're providing is awesome. And there's nothing else that I know of like it in the area. And it's just what... We, I guess, as business owners and the people of Portsmouth need to have that extra boost and to put us back on the map in a positive light. And you guys are going to do that for us. Well, we're pumped to be part of a team. Like, I think, I think really quickly, I'd love to talk. I'm not from around here. I, mm-hmm. And the reason I'm here is not because of fame and fortune or glory. Like, I came here once upon a time because I was forced to because I needed a job. Mm-hmm. And the Boy Scouts were hiring, and they were hiring for Portsmouth, Ohio. And I said, where on earth is that? And when I showed up, I thought nothing was going on. And because I w- came we in with that mentality, we have similar stories. Yeah, I was—I mean, I proved myself right, and I, you know, left town a bunch. But my mindset and everything changed very much while I was here. I went off to law school again, thinking I'm never going to be back. Mm-hmm. Like it was cool. I'm going to keep some friends. I'll have some fond memories. I won't be back. But it kept coming back into my brain. I kept seeing things, opportunities, ideas, and I was like, "Well, that could work in Portsmouth." Or what about that? Absolutely. And it kept pulling me back. And to the point that I've been fortunate enough to make some um, relationships during my time here mm-hmm. that turned out to be beneficial in law school with folks at the firm I'm working with now. And I started re-exploring those relationships. And at the time, it was honestly, it was a fallback. I was like, nah, fame and fortune first, and then Portsmouth is a fallback. Mm-hmm. But by the time I ended up graduating, passing the bar, no, Portsmouth was the destination. Like, mm-hmm. If I couldn't be here, I was going to be disappointed. And I couldn't be happier to be here. Real quick, what, what do you think was like pinnacle in that mindset change, Matt? It's been, it's, been, it's been gradual, but honestly, seeing what people are doing around here made a huge difference. Like The difference between when I moved here in 2010, when the pill mills were still open, mm-hmm. and where we are today is night and day. Night and day. That's when, I, that's when we opened up was 2010. When somebody's immersed in it, though, it's hard to see those gradual changes. As somebody who's not from around here, like I see so much more positivity. I see people out there working hard to make the community a better place. And I see it more often. I see when negativity negativity pops up on Facebook, I see more people answering with, well, what are you doing to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Or, like, or why, well, you're halfway across the country. Why don't you move back here and do something rather right. than just complaining? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's huge. And that, that played hugely into me coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so, my faith. Um, good friends who are basically family because I don't have blood relatives around here. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the things that brought me back. Same. And, I mean, Nick has some family around here, but he's not from around here. I'm right. not from around here. And Derek. My family's from Akron. I mean, it seems like when I was younger, I spent more time. If I wasn't in school, I was in Akron. Um, if it wasn't for football in high school, I would spend most of my time in Akron. Um, I kind of feel like outside of that, um, my parents kind of, like, bred me with, like, this city mentality. And I think my mom kind of felt like she had this hopes that, like, if she raised me here, that I would stay out of trouble, mm-hmm. and then I would m- go to college and move away and go mm-hmm. make something of myself. 
because it's six years old every day that she dropped me off at school. Like she made me, before I could get out of the car, repeat that I'm a winner. Um, oh, that's great. She had me like reading personal development books and like Susie Orman for like financial advising like when <laughs> I was in high school. So she was like kind of like breeding me with this mindset that like, like you have to have a plan B and then the goal is for your plan B to be the plan A. And, but it had to be like your gift, like, because like we all have something that we're good at and it's just being able to find a way to make that thing become the thing that like makes room for you I guess if you could if you want to be like biblical about it um and that when I was in Columbus and like sort of like honing my skills I kind of related to when LeBron James went to Miami and like you know he had to be around these people to learn how to win um one of my mentors and like really close friends um he was homeless in Denver uh trying to find that thing he like went to Hollywood and tried to make a name for himself and um he was like in and out of little small small parts in movies and um he seen like an ad in the paper for like a network marketing company and he used that as a vehicle from being homeless moving back to Zanesville because it's like why not me why not my town he wanted to go make a difference because they were going through the same struggle up there with like the opiate crisis and so forth mm-hmm. um so that's where I'm from Really? Yeah. Do you know anybody last name Gilchrist? Mm-hmm. Stuart? Stuart Gilchrist. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his brother Jeremy, they're like family. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, we just had a special bond. Yeah. It's yeah. such um, a small world around here. I know. And uh, I watched, like, his brother Jeremy, like, move back and stay in a hotel um, room for, like, a month paying, like, day to day, and with no experience practically become like a millionaire in like a a year and a half two years and like but he changed it and like his dream just kept growing in the lives of people that he was affecting and then I got to know like his little brother in the process and like it just like blew my mind watching it and I was like I have to be near him because I seen him in a magazine whatever it is he knows what's inside of him to go from homeless to that I need to know what it is Mm -hmm. and so I just like hung like at his side and um he just like wanted to change the world like, and then this Big Sean song stands out to me like one man could change the world. And then as I'm in Columbus and decide to go back to school and like, no, like I can do this. I can do this at home. Mm-hmm. Then eventually it started coming to like, why not us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm traveling. I'm seeing like these little towns like start to like, I'm like, why not us? And then I started seeing what was happening and I'm like, no, no, I can't talk about it. Like add value. Like, what can I do to make a change as opposed to being somebody who complained? Because when you said that, I was a person who complained. Yeah. No, I yeah. I'm, a, I'm a reforming like, complainer myself. Like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, relapse I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I won't shy away from admitting the fact that, you know, I dogged out, like, the hometown. Yeah. You know, and then said, like, negative things as if, like, there was no hope in sight. Um, but. And I feel like that everybody goes through that. Like, I, I'm at a constant, like, crossroads in my mind because of what we're doing here in Portsmouth with Third and Court. And like I said, I'm not from here. I'm from Zanesville, which you brought up is, like, in the same situation, you know. And I know a lot about Zanesville, so, like, why am I not taking this and doing it there? Like, I'm constantly at a crossroads with that. But it's like, hey, if I'm here and I'm surrounding myself with people like you guys and business-minded, like-minded people, then maybe one day I can take it there and teach it to other people, you know, and, and, and people that want to change Zanesville. Because Zanesville, in my eyes, is we're, all on, we're both on that same curve. 
we're on the upswing and we're right there together, you know. Um, and every time I go home, it's something different, just, just the same way that it, it is here. And that's one of the things that kept my husband and I here because we were forced to come here with his job. And I couldn't believe it. I never heard of Lucasville. That's where we live out in Lucasville. And, yeah. I, and I'd been to Portsmouth a couple of times, like just with sports. But it was like, what? <laughs> there is nothing here. And then his job was coming to an end. He's like, I'm not ready to move for you. And I'm like, no, I love it here. And the rest is history, like you said. So, so the, it's my favorite scene in Braveheart where his dad gets killed by the English. His whole family's killed. And there's, like, little William Wallace, 10 years old. And his uncle comes in. And basically, like, he wants to pick up the sword and start killing everybody. And he's like, well, he points at his head. He's like, first, I'll teach you to use this before you can use the sword. And then he goes and spends the next 20 years out with his uncle fighting in different wars and Mm -hmm. doing the whole thing. And then he takes that experience and he came back to his small little village in Scotland and then took over a rebellion against the English. So it's like... I'm it's William always, Wallace. Yes, you're. <laughs> I'm going to have my face painted tomorrow <laughs> here at work. So people come, people come back with the skills and training and everything they've learned from afar. Because when I grew up, it wasn't available here, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just kind of like a romantic character to kind of base that whole whole philosophy on. So if you want to, you want to come back and like the whole thing is like you want like there's no better place to get in a good fight than here. Yeah. And, like, what we need is fighters and what we need is warriors to, to, to wage the war against poverty and drugs and all the negativity. It takes a very special kind of breed to come in. And that's how I look at it. So if all these people could come together, get linked up together, and join the fight, then ultimately the war will be won. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you know, you know what I mean? You can't sit there with your hands in your pockets from two, three hours away saying, what if, what if, what if. Yeah. That's a, I mean, you know, it it reminds me of a story I would heard when I was in school up here in Columbus about how Short North became to be like this popping place now and hearing about like these huge gangs and stuff that and like prostitution and drugs and violence that was right there in the street um, that people would never go there. And um, some group of people, they decided to have a party one day um, in their gallery and like they were afraid that people may not show up. And so when they, ad, you know, they advertised um, and did some marketing um, just to kind of get the word out there for about like two months. And eventually, like they had geez, like 700 people show up. And so they had like live music and so forth. And it's like, wow, like people felt like there was safe, there was safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we ought to do this again. And so another gallery decided to join. And so they sort of like linked up and was like, let's just combine. Like we're right here on the same strip. And then as this process went on and they decided, you know what, let's do this like every three months. And now it's like every, I think it's the first Friday of the month, which became Gallery Hop. You started to see the shop owners start to care more and come out cleaning off the sidewalk and Mm -hmm. cleaning off the street. And when they cared, the city jumped in and cared. Mm -hmm. And then it became like this destination where like restaurants wanted to be there. It's literally the bike it's the, the most, short north now. It's, like, it's the most expensive real estate you can have in Columbus is right there on that strip now. And it started with like one group of people with like I had an idea and they became a community and locked arms of like minded people. Like, you know, we can change this. Like, yeah. And then eventually, I mean, sheesh, dude, it's 
I mean, it doesn't shut down when it gets cold or snow. So, like, yeah, and and that goes back to like I was thinking to myself, like when we do, we have these events now. We have the little pop ups that right out there on um on Second Street. Why not us? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I look forward to the day when when I tell somebody I live in Portsmouth and they're like, "Dude, that's awesome! I love. I can't London. wait to get down there again. Yeah. yeah. Like absolutely. And I think and I I see that in our future. I really do. We'll make it happen. Good deal. Well, thank you guys for coming on. So before we close out, let's tell the people how they can get in contact with you. So business owners that are ready, they're, they're, they listen to the podcast and they're like, these guys are freaking awesome. I want them to handle this for us. How do they get in contact with you? Well, there are a couple different ways. They can look us up on Facebook. Okay. Um, we are The Marketing Company. Our Facebook.com forward slash marketing is social is, mm-hmm. our, is okay. our sort of tagline. You can also reach us by email, marketingissocial at gmail.com. And we're working on getting that all polished up. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if either of those scare you or, and you want to listen to it, you want to call us, uh, you can call me. My number is 740-974-6276. It's, oh, it's on there. It's on the back of our uh, flyer. And, uh, if you happen to be single. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, leave that. we'll leave that on the we'll side. Cue the love music once again. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we cannot thank you enough for coming on our podcast. We love having you guys on. Um, and uh, if, if you guys are listening and you enjoy the podcast and uh, there's some things that we can do for you as well, we offer some discounts on 3rd and Court. If you use the code podcast, you will get 10% off your online purchase or stop in. We love, love, love it when you guys come in the front door. We will ask you, how did you hear of us? Yeah. Hear about us as soon as you come in. And you say podcast, podcast. Which is one of those great subtle ways of doing it. Yeah. And honestly, while we're on here, I mean, we'd be happy any business who wants to take advantage of our digital presence package, we will give you the bargain basement price if you uh, if you contact us through this. Nice. Um, awesome. So awesome. Very cool. we, will, we will make sure to scale it down to just what you need and give you the basically at-cost value because we think that we can provide you value and we'd, wanna, we'd love to have the chance to show that to you. That is awesome. awesome. Well, once again, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. All three. Yeah. Thank you guys Thanks for having us. Thanks. Very cool. Yeah. Peace out. The. <laughs>